Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. I'm excited about this episode because I have um, my partner here with me. We haven't done a podcast in a long time. Uh, there's so much I want to talk about that I don't even know. I'm already thinking about the title of this episode, and I, I don't. I think I'm going to be confused on what to even call it. Wow, I feel like I'm coming in a little not prepared because I don't have any idea what you want to talk about. So I feel like I'm a little under fire. Um, Do I need these? Yeah, they're they're for your benefit. Meaning that sounds good. Don't you want to hear your own voice? Can I hear my own voice when I'm talking? No, you can't hear them in your ear. That's a that's a luxury. That's like yeah, but you that's like are, letting someone ride shotgun instead of in the back seat. You and I are sitting side by side, so why do I need headphones? You don't. You Who don't need them. To? Okay, then give them to me. I'll listen to them. It just sounds better. You can hear yourself. You can know what's going on. Someone needs to wear headphones. Say out loud again what you just said. Just like repeat back what you just said. You need to be able to hear what's going on. You and I are sitting side by side. What else am I hearing? You're wasting a lot of digital real estate right now. <laughs> this is the way, the difference in the way we think sometimes is fascinating. Okay, I'll take them. Hello? Perfect. I can hear just fine. So uh, I love throwing my guests into the deep end. Um, but before I do that, um, I want. I've, I have some announcements. Actually, one, I'm super excited to have guys we fucked on my podcast. So look out for that episode, Christina and Corinne. Uh, very honest, raw, badass women who started a podcast called Guys We Fucked to uh, as a movement uh, for anti slut shaming, and which has turned into a podcast uh, about more than more than sex. Of we course, were on their podcast two years ago. They were yes. amazing. Yes, we were on their podcast in New York, and uh, now they're going to be on mine. So that's coming. Uh, also, what else do I want to talk about? I um, I have a uh, – uh, uh, I just want to front load this before I forget. I have a um, – how to break your trauma bond course, which I did with Dr. MC in the woods, and we, we just finally edited it, put it all together. It's available – um, I just want to give you the discount code so it's half off. The discount code is trauma bond, one word, and just hit my bio link and you could uh, have that. Hillary said in the woods. <laughs> we just Why? went and recorded it in the woods. Because <laughs> out of context, people are like, what were you doing in the woods? <laughs> Today's Friday. Yeah, and so as a, um, as a fuck it Friday, I went and bought uh, um, the stuff to make pour over coffee. Uh, and then um, it's one of my favorite beverages. And then uh, I told Vanessa I'd buy her chocolate croissant. I forgot to buy her chocolate chocolate croissant. Um, so I was halfway home, and I said I can't go home empty-handed. She may leave me. That's why it took you so long, huh? Yes, because I know food is her <laughs> everything. So then I turned around and I went to that um, uh, red hen red hen place because I knew it was minority owned. And uh, okay, Vanessa just left. Vanessa left because I didn't get her a chocolate croissant. So I went to Red Hen and I got a um, red velvet muff, uh, red velvet, red velvet cupcake. Uh, I don't know if I don't, they didn't have chocolate. I know chocolate's your thing. Thank you. But it's made by uh, a mom. Thank you. So it's probably amazing. Do you do you, do you like it? 
haven't had it yet, but do I you know. want a four? You just eat it. It's tiny. Just eat it. Eat it as. Uh, so I'm gonna drink coffee, and she's gonna have uh, a cupcake as we do this episode, um, as a fuck it Friday. And for anybody watching us on the live or on YouTube, and I keep closing my eyes and I look kind of weird, it's because I've had something in my eye for the last hour. So. And it's not what you think it is. Gross. John, grow up. I'm 51. 50, actually. You're 50. Um, here's the deep end that I'm going to throw Vanessa into. Let's see how she responds. So I asked you to marry me. Yes. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Why don't you Why don't you tell everyone what happened, and we could talk about uh, how we are doing things backwards. I mean, you know, I think the, uh, I don't one say backwards is out of order. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so yeah, backwards may not be the right word. Out of order, um, which actually to me makes sense these days. And this is kind of what I want to go into. It's not just about me uh, talking about my personal life, right? I always want to have some kind of point uh, to help help someone. <laughs> I should say help more than one, but if it helps one person, that's 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 fine with I'm me. I'm glad that you try to have at least one point. <laughs> My standards for myself is very low. Before we talk about that, um, because I got to be honest with you, whenever I get into the personal shit and it involves uh, Vanessa and I, um, people really eat it up because we all love gossip. So I'm going to use that as a dangling carrot to kind of hold off. Um, I want to talk about uh, manifesting. So I had this this thought, revelation, feeling. So uh, if you're watching this behind me, we're in our garage studio. Behind me, you see a, a uh, box, and uh, that box is a infrared two person sauna that just arrived today. And uh, if you follow me on social media, I've been getting into ice plunges. So I have an ice plunge in the driveway, and now an infrared two person salt rock sauna in the garage. And the feeling that I had today was this. So like seven years ago, I was on um, Dak, Shepard's, uh, Dak Shepard and Monica's podcast. Seven uh, our, years ago. It was a long time ago. It was when four, Miserable Fuck came four out. Years. Four and a half. No, no, it was, it was more yes, than five years ago. I haven't ago. known you for seven years. I was with you when you were on that podcast. Oh, okay. Four <laughs> years ago. And um, it's, it's not really memorable. I talked about me having sex with a plum when I was 12 the, the entire time. So. Um, but I remember going to his house, and I remember walking into the attic. You know, he, he's stumbling out of his own house in a robe, coffee. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, this is the fucking life. This is what I want. I want to have the ability to work from home. The guests come to him. He just, you know, comes out in a robe, has the coffee, has the, the meaningful conversation. Um, I was like, this is possible. This is amazing. And so when I left that day, I always tried to, like, I, you know, I filed it in my head as a desire, as a, that's what I want for myself. And uh, when I went on that podcast, we weren't even living in Altadena, were we? No, we were in Silver Lake still. Yeah. So I didn't know where we were going to live. Um, and now, you know, uh, four years later, uh, we, we have this uh, ranch style house in Altadena. And, um, it kind of feels like the the hills of Los Feliz, which is where he lives. And then I um, have now this sauna and ice plunge, which attracts some friends. So there's this like social element. Uh, my garage is naturally uh, has turned into a pod studio. I've had my first 
well, I've had many guests here, but I've had my first guest with uh, uh, in-person um, audience. And so what I, what I was realizing is that that image that I had, that desire that I wanted that day is actually starting to manifest. Except what I didn't see was guests on their phone while I was actually interviewing them. That wasn't part of the dream. You're not interviewing me. You're talking about your sauna. But you got to be engaged in the conversation. It's not a conversation. You You're just... talking about your sauna. Yeah, but you can't be texting while... I'm, you, you're going to eventually talk too. You're a guest on my podcast. This didn't seem like this had anything to do with me. This thought felt like this was your part and then you were going to bring me in after. Well, don't you have any interest in what I have to say in general? As just my partner? About your, your part infrared? I mean, I know this story. I thought you were telling your listeners. Well, you don't know this revelation that I've had. About the connection back to Dax's office, home office, podcast studio? No, this thing of mani manifesting something. Of how I feel like I'm manifesting something. And yes, it came years later, and I didn't know that this is what it was going to look like. But the feeling of working from home, having guests, and turning your home into kind of an amazing, calm workspace. Um, is happening, and it was something that was planted uh, four years ago. Do you think that's hokey? No. I think you had a feeling that you wanted to recreate, and I think you've slowly moved towards recreating that feeling. Yes. So I'm reading a book called The Science Behind Getting Rich. Um, I don't like any books that talk about like getting rich or how to get rich. I and mean, it's all cheesy. But this book, uh, I think it's from the 1900s. And, it, and it's kind of like the, um, the, uh, the Carnegie book, the famous. That makes me feel so old, by the way, when people say that. The, the 1900s. Well, I read it purposely because it felt like it's, it's biblical, you know. Um, I didn't want to read anything modern. And, and this book reminds me of um, Think and Grow Rich was kind of the classic. Yeah. Uh, I think Andrew Carnegie wrote it back in the day. And I always thought that was the first self-help book because it really wasn't about like any um, tools on how to make money, but it was about mindset. It was about the power and thought. Actually, the first self-help book is like um, uh, stoicism and like the Bible and stuff, right? But anyway, uh, I think because I'm reading that book, it's all kind of on top of mind, uh, the, the, the power of positivity, the power of thought. And, you know, it's this whole idea that um, when you want something, uh, you're not just running after it, uh, according to this book backed by science, it's running after you. So I think when you try to manifest something, if you are able to be at a certain frequency, so I, of course everything starts or, or ends with thought, but thought, obsession, action behind thought, um, you know, vision board, um, a certainty. Uh, a feeling of not only what you want, but it is already happening. Like everything that is higher frequency causes this kind of gravitational pull for what you want to also come toward you. And uh, here's the other thing. Now, not everyone believes that. Do you believe that? Partially. Right. So here's the thing. If you don't believe it, because I think there's a choice here. If you don't believe it and you think it's a little woo-woo, then what's the alternative? I don't believe it. I don't think it's woo-woo. I don't even really like using that word, but I don't. that's not why I believe it or don't believe it. I, it's not that I don't believe it. I believe in manifestation. I just think it's a little bit different than like what the secret 
tells us that. Well, the secret is very different than what I'm reading. But what 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 do you believe in manifestation? What is, how does the secret tell me what, what the difference is? I think the secret is more. I'm exaggerating, but more like wishful thinking. You know, uh, it's, the secret doesn't put any weight on action. The secret is more like the secret is like it, wish it wish believe that it's true and it will be true. Yeah, that Act kind of thing. As if it's true and it will be true. Yes, I mean, that's similar to what you're saying. No. Well, but also, but this is also you have to, of course, work your butt off. You have to get off the couch. You're not just crossing fingers. There's yeah. other stuff like that. Um, what is your belief on manifestation? Um, I mean, I think that a lot of times manifesting is part of. Um, it's an output of stillness and knowing yourself and being able to kind of align your energy with the kind of vibrational energy of the universe. And so you can really lean into what feels like it's an alignment for you. Um, you're able to kind of cut through the noise and you're not chasing things that aren't in alignment with you. Um, how do you know if something's aligned or not? Well, I think that's the practice of of getting still, and I think that's the practice of cutting out kind of external noise. Um, I think it's a lot of what we would look at as like synchronicity, for example. I think a lot of times synchronicity is is kind of an output of manifesting. Like I think a lot of it has to do with kind of bigger, I don't know. What do you want to manifest in your life <clears throat> these days? Oh, I don't know. Besides, um, besides sleep. Yeah, it's hard for me to even think, right? Because I haven't had a good night's sleep in a long time. We have a four-year-old, for those of you who don't know, who doesn't like to sleep um, in her own bed. Well, she's not four yet. But what do I like to? What do I want to manifest these days? Um, that's a really good question. I actually don't even know if I can answer that right away. I, I feel like what's initially coming to mind is clarity. What I would like to manifest is a state of calm, a state of clarity, a state of um, feeling like I've got myself, like unwavering. I don't think it's anything, like a thing, a tangible thing. You know, I'm mm. not like, well, I'm not wanting to manifest like a Ferrari. Like I'm not, it's, you know, I don't know. For me, it's all feeling states right now. Hey, wanted to share with you something I'm super excited about. If you go to TheAngryTherapist.com forward slash premium, you not only get commercial free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called series rotating wellness topics, but not only lessons, but what do we do with this information? How do we thread this into our life so we could change our life? Go to TheAngryTherapist.com forward slash premium. Yeah, I mean, I don't want a Ferrari either. For me, I mean, be, I'm exaggerating. Would be a, obviously, uh, yeah. I mean, for me, it'd be a 911 90s turbo in in triple black mm -hmm. manual. But mm -hmm. uh, do you feel like uh, you haven't manifested those things, or do you feel like they're sporadic? The feelings that you want, because what you're talking about aren't things, but more like states. You know, so like for example, manifesting calm, right? Calm in your life. Do you think it is like a skipping stone, or is it uh, just so far away there is no calm in your life? No, I think it's a skipping stone. I mean, I think that's a <clears throat> a good image. I think that um, it is elusive and it comes with practice. And sometimes I'm better at the practice of it than other times. 
Um, and I feel like the universe regularly puts me in situations to kind of test what I say I want or test like the work that I feel like I've done. That makes sense. This fly loves your head. Okay. I did not manifest or visualize uh, flies being around. Just my, loving my your studio, head. But we have mosquitoes, flies, bears, parrots. Uh, here's how I want to close this part of the part one of this episode. Here's what I know. Um, and this isn't based on what I've read. This is based on life experience. You remind me of my Korean mom with the fly swatter. Listen, it's to... on your head. Do you want me to just leave it there? I could just let it hang out on your head if, that's, if you want that. <laughs> I'm looking out for you. Here's what I know. Half of my life lived in lower frequencies, two years, worrying dread. Every day I'd wake up, worried about the future, dreading the day. Uh, I did that for so much, it became the knee jerk, right? Mm -hmm. It kind of created those tracks. So then that became my default. Nothing good happened. I worked my ass off, nothing good happened. I came close to a lot of things, they didn't work out, right? Then after my divorce, after shaking my life at a sketch, um, I actually decided to make an effort and then eventually create an ability to pull myself out of something lower like dread and worry and try to live higher. So um, higher frequencies, um, gratitude, you know, curiosity is one of my favorite, creativity, uh, flow states, um, love. What else? What are other some higher frequencies? I mean, I would say calm, peace, calm. Sure, calm, peace, connection. Um, so, so I started to, when I had nothing, I started to, uh, try to live there as a practice. And the way I did it was to, uh, find joy in, in little things mm -hmm. like, like coffee or a motorcycle ride or whatever it was. And, um, now I feel like, and this is my, my science is my own story, my own life. Now I feel like after 10 years of doing that, um, I really feel like, and I'm not, you know, there yet. I'm not like some, some like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm some kind of like a great manifester or I'm not teaching anyone how to do it. I'm just telling you my story and what, what I feel like has happened to me. Um, it did take a lot of time, but now I feel like my default when I wake up isn't worry and dread. It's rarely worry and dread. Uh, there are days that I snap back, but if it is, the time it takes for me to kind of snap out and, and live higher uh, is a lot faster. And cumulatively, overall, I have a lot more calm and peace um, in my life. And I think that because of that, um, I start attracting instead of chasing. And of course, there are things in my life that, you know, I wanted that ha hasn't worked out. But things like, you know, the sauna, the ice plunge, things kind of fell falling from the sky, meaning they're, they, you know, they've come um, uh, <laughs> in exchange for, you know, social media promotion and all that. Um, They've come kind of organically or effortlessly, right? And I think anything in life that kind of happens effortlessly is kind of meant. Uh, and so w what I see here just sitting in the garage and looking out and just having a conversation is the seed of that vision I had when I left Dax Shepard's uh, attic saying, oh, this is amazing. I want to manifest my version of this one day. So I actually feel um, like that is kind of happening because I've made such an effort to no longer live in worry and dread. Now let's talk about on the beach, me getting on one knee. As someone who never wanted kids or marriage, 
What was that like for you? Um, I mean, I, I think that there is a appreciation for the time and thought that went into the planning and, you know, the words that you shared were from the heart and they felt very sweet. Um, I'm scared we're going to get into a fight <laughs> in real time. Why? <laughs> or like one of us, we're going to, one of us is going to hurt each other uh, during this episode and suddenly there's going to be, you know, uh, feelings about it. Um, I, I, just, I don't know. You, I came in and you said, I have all kinds of things to talk about. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> where are we going we're, with this? We're, we're plowing through them. This is the, this is actually uh, the main event, what we're talking about now, obviously. Um, you, you, know, you know how you say that you're very hard to surprise? Mm-hmm. Uh, which you are. Was that a surprise or no? Did you did you know that was coming? Well, I didn't know the details of what you were going to do, but when you specifically told me to bring my not, not to forget my ring, I kind of had a feeling that's what was going to happen. <laughs> but I didn't want to say anything to you because I know it always bums you out that I am not surprisable, but that was kind of like a- So how do you- Okay, so my other alternative <laughs> was to take your ring, but then I didn't want you to leave- I panic that it. you that you lost it so i was like fuck what do i do i just have to tell her to, to hey can you not bring yeah, can you bring your fine. ring i mean i kind of knew what was going to happen just because of that statement i mean oh. i didn't know what it was going to look like right so once you knew oh fuck he wants me to bring my ring which is leading okay he's probably going to and by the way for everybody background a little bit when you started out by saying we do everything in kind of a different order um or out of order this is a ring that i've already had for over yeah. a year right and yeah. so when we say you said bring your ring. That's why, because I've already had this ring for over a year. I bought her a uh, a nice ring. What I've been calling a push present for the last year and a half. Why is it a push present? That's what I've been telling people it is when they ask me, because it wasn't an engagement ring. And so when they ask me what it is, I've said it's a push present. What does that mean, a push present? A push present? A yeah. push present is something that people call like when you gave me something nice because I pushed your kid out. It's like a term that women use, like oh, it was a push present. Like a, hey, thanks oh, for doing that hard work. <laughs> Which is, she's being, she's, you're trying to be funny. It was a celebration of our love. It's a, it wasn't, see, I don't like, we don't like using the word promise. So I, would, I wouldn't say it's a promise ring, but it would be what society calls an engagement ring or promise ring. Uh, Vanessa has expressed to me over the last five years, ever since I've known her, that marriage isn't something that is, it's like, oh, I would get married. Not, it wasn't something that is um, something that she's been dreaming of since she was a kid, right? And also, I've been married. So marriage was never something that we're like, okay, you know, we're going to get married. And it's going to be on this beautiful farm and we're going to have 100 people there. It's, it's not, it wasn't, it's not like that. And also, we also didn't feel like a rush to have kids. So we started dating. Um, we tried to have a kid, had a miscarriage. No, we didn't try. That was accidental. Accidentally. And then, and then Vanessa really wanted a kid. We had a kid. And then we bought a house. And then um, on a random Saturday, uh, I decided, oh, well, I, got, I have a ring already. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, let's, to let's, let's actually celebrate our love. And for me, marriage this time around is going to be that. It's not going to be like you know, locking someone down. It's not going to be about the promise. It's going to be about, um, here's a celebration of our love. Let's have a ceremony. Yeah. I mean, I think the word that you used that really resonated for me. Um, and that I told, you know, a few friends about was the word ritual, right? Which I 
think is very important. And it was more about, you know, I want to have this, I want to have a ritual, um, which I think I appreciated. What's the difference between ritual and celebration for you? Why the, the, why does that sound more aligned? Well, I think ritual can include celebration, but I don't think celebration always includes ritual. Um, I think ritual to me is something that marks a transition. It marks a, um, a point in your life where you um, in some ways are kind of leaving behind one phase of life and transitioning into another. It marks, you know, it's a marking of mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily, be- I don't necessarily think that celebrations always have to do that. Right. right. Like so- rituals and honoring, I suppose. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's a, it's possibly a new chapter. A celebration can kind of can come on any given mm-hmm. Sunday. Not to say one is better than the other. That's just to yeah. me the difference in the two. And I, like I said, ritual can include celebration, right? The thing is, I didn't know that I was going to do this. What I was going to do is prepare uh, a romantic date night on the beach with a half tent, uh, you know, take out Italian food, wine. And I was going to do this because uh, Vanessa told me that, uh, hey, you know, when you gave me that ring, it just kind of came in a box and there was nothing, like there was no note, there was no, um, you just kind of passed it to me like we just bought shampoo from Amazon. And I, and I thought about that and I was like, oh shit, you're right, I really didn't. And it's, it's really unlike me. Um, this is definitely an excuse, but I thought because Vanessa's not a words of affirmation person, I just kind of like bought her this expensive reading and handed it to her. I mean, we bought it together. We went, I wanted her to pick it out. Um, and there was definitely no kind of ritual celebration, nothing, not even a love note. And so um, I decided, because Vanessa's very cold to the water, I decided to get a little Airbnb and have this little kind of like picnic on the water. And then it was on my motorcycle ride there, which was an hour of me on my bike thinking, where I decided, oh, let's make it more than that. I actually, I, I actually feel kind of called to propose based on our definition of, of marriage. And, and so it, I, I think when I told you bring the ring, I was thinking about it, but I wasn't sure. I just wanted to make, make sure that, that, I, that you brought it. So I, if, I, if I decided to do it, I had, I had that option. Well, that's, that, you would have really screwed yourself then, I guess, if that's the thinking that went into it. Because imagine if I had brought it because you specifically said I brought it, and then you're like, yeah. No, 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 because what I would have done was I would have given, no, because I bought that box. I, got, I, have, a, I have a nice little box I gave you. I'd be like, look, I got a home for it. I got a home for it. That's why mm-hmm. I wanted you to bring the ring. So let me ask you this. Does it feel any different? Do you feel any different? Do you, is there, you know, is there a part of you being, you know, someone who swings a little more toward avoidant? Does that make you feel more grabbed? Are you more uncomfortable? Does it scare you? It doesn't scare me. I mean, I think that I am in a process of evolution that I have been in for about two years now. And I think that our, our relationship has also been, I mean, understandably, if I'm in a state of evolution, as is the relationship. So I think that our relationship has also been in a state of evolution. Um, which, you know, technically it kind of has been since we met. I mean, we've always been very much aligned in the belief that relationships, the purpose of relationships is to mirror and grow and evolve, right? Um, 
but I think that in the last couple of years, I've, I've since having a, a daughter in particular, for me, it feels important to say that it was because I had a daughter. Um, I've just been in like a deep state of um, excavating beliefs, excavating uh, what society has told us we should or shouldn't do. I've always been the kind of person that's kind of, I've always been. At my core, I've always been a bit of an anarchist. Yeah, since, since you were a kid, right? Yeah, an anarchist in the sense of just everything. Like I've always kind of gone against a lot of the grain um, of kind of social norms. I've always been the person that questions a lot, like why? Yeah, but why? Like why is that a thing, right? Why do I have to do that? Explain it to me, right? Um, but I think since having a daughter, I've really gotten into a deep process of, and I'm writing a book about it. Um, the understanding of the shoulds around relationships and around marriage and around parenthood and around monogamy and all these things that I've I've always questioned, but now I can't. I'm in it, right? I'm in it up to my eyeballs, and so I can't. I can't not look at it. Um, and so I don't think that it it makes me afraid or makes me worried or anything. I think that I'm in a state of. Um, I I agree with desiring a ritual. I I'm I'm struggling with how do we make the ritual our own where it doesn't So you don't feel, want you don't want it to be on Instagram live. Says the angry therapist. Um I'm struggling with well, how do we make it ours without it to me feeling like something that I I struggle to, and listen, I'm going to say this, and I know it's going to offend some people, but like an institution that I, I struggle to find respect for um, as a woman. So it, it, and that's always been my struggle, right? Like that's not really anything new. Like I've always, like you said, I've never really wanted to get married. I kind of always push back against this traditional idea of like white picket fence. I mean, you, we've talked about this, obviously we wrote about it in our book. Um, and so I think I've been in thought around what does a ritual look like? That and like, how do I still stay true to myself and you know these beliefs? And they're changing, and they've been changing. And so I'm in this process, you know, this state of evolution. Like I said, I don't know. I mean, I think because we are doing things out of order, there's no rush, right? And one of the things that we want to smash is not only the old definitions, but the clock. Yeah. So uh, we have a lot of time to decide what that looks like, right? I know what it's not. I, I know what it's not going to look like, and that's going to be 150 people at a fancy hotel. Um, you know, in the marriage, cost, big wedding, big complex, wedding, big like cakes, expensive, spending I, I, a lot of money. Yeah, and that so we don't have. I mean, for me, it's not so much I don't believe in that. I've already done that. I don't want to do that again. That was more about the poster. It wasn't about, and the shoulds. It wasn't about something that felt honest. Uh, we were young, and we felt like, oh, that's what you do. You have a big wedding. You invite, you know, all the family members and your friends. You pay for their food. Um, by the way, when you called me the angry therapist, I thought that was kind of hot. I don't think you've ever called me that. It's like your persona. I don't know. You've never called me that. So it's just kind of like, oh. Anyway, um, you know, I think it's scary for me too. I got to be honest. And maybe some of it is subconscious, uh, the fact that I have been married before. And I think if you were the type who like was hinting for five years that you wanted to ring and you wanted to lock this down and you needed a promise, uh, there's a lot of people like that. And then you were, you wanted a big wedding with you know 200 people and credit gonna, card debt <laughs> yeah all that, whatever it's going to cost you know 300 grand um i wouldn't have done it i would have yeah. told you that's not what i that's not what i want you know 
Um, like, as you know, I don't want another kid and you don't want another kid. Uh, so, you know, the idea of a ritual, um, I feel like it will be by the water because you're always called by the water. I feel like it will be very small and intimate and meaningful. And, um, yeah, I think it'll be very different than what I experienced the first time around. And, uh, it will be customized to mean something to you. Yeah. I think that also, what's the point? I think part of the, um, I don't think that fear is the right word. I don't know what other word to use, but um, I think a little bit of it too, and we, you know, we talked about this maybe this week, and um, is part of my journey this last couple of years has really been trying to understand or um, figure out, I suppose, if it's possible to maintain autonomy and sovereignty within a long-term partnership, within a partnership, not even say long-term, just within a partnership, right? A romantic partnership. Um, and so I think that that has, I mean, I think that also plays into it maybe, you know? Yeah. I mean, I also think, uh, because we've had conversations about all different types of relationships, um, marriage doesn't feel like a cage. Uh, because we've talked about just we're open talking about any kind of relationship, whether it's, you know, um, what just everything is customized today. Mm -hmm. So whether we're talking about open, not open, you know, whatever, whatever works for really you. Really being a relationship anarchist. Yeah. So but because both of us are open to that, uh, the the fear dissolves when you realize that marriage doesn't necessarily look like. Uh, picket fence, you know, husband with the briefcase, you know, the the wife with the apron, the the old fifties, right? The, well, I think for me, it's more about like, what is it that I want? What is it that I want it to represent? What is it that I like? What does it say about me? Um, you know, if if I'm the kind of person who's always pushed against this idea, um, then what does it say about me if I, and this is just a question. You mean asking what other people think about you around, like your family, friends and all well, that, knowing you? Not necessarily other people. I mean, I, I, maybe, I don't know, maybe I do feel like I carry a little bit of weight around the kind of message that I have, which is such strong kind of female autonomy um, and not really wanting to play into some of the like, patriarchal kind of structures that are still in play, right? With like the way that like our government views marriage and the way that, you know, right. marriage is structured and the court system and all of that. Um, and so I do think I, I kind of hold that. Like, what does that mean for me? A, if good, I'm a good friend of yours said, hey, you know, there's two things um, that Vanessa said she would never do, but she did with you. One, have kids and two, uh, say yes to marriage. Hmm. Which is interesting. But in the time in these days, uh, what that could look like is very different. So, uh, for example, having a kid at 47, mm -hmm. you know, marriage can look like anything we, not just you, cause it is both of us, uh, what it, what it can look like. I mean, it could be anything. Mm -hmm. It could be like literally have no one and just me, you, and you know, I mean, it's whatever yeah. we want. We could do it in the sauna. Mm -hmm. We just got a brand new sauna. Yeah, I think it also brings up. I mean, I think it would be silly of me to not say that there's definitely like the loss of identity. 
yeah, yeah. I think the avoidant in me. Um, I do know that I, I function from mostly a secure place at this point in my life after do- doing a lot of work. But for sure, when I'm activated, I my tendency is to swing avoidant. And I, I do feel and I have felt that there's been a bit of a like pull into a shell in a way. Um, you know, like there is that, that fear again, this is the, this isn't even just about you, right? It's that fear that I think is bigger than you or me or us. I think it's the fear of like, what does this mean? Like there's going to be some kind of loss of, of identity, of freedom, of autonomy, of, you know, um, and again, that's not even about you. I think that's like bigger. I think that's fears of, you know, bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I got to admit the word marriage because it has been so stained and, you know, um, I, I I don't know if our generation is going to be the one that completely unstains it because it runs deep and 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 change I think is pretty recent as far as you know um, redefining big things like marriage. Um, yeah, there's something about the word because listen, we have a kid, we have, we own property, or, or we 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 are on like from the outside, mm-hmm. we are very quote unquote married, mm-hmm. um, but because we're not married. And we haven't been married in five years. There's a, there's almost like a, a freedom in that. There's almost like, a, a, okay, well, no labels. So it's, mm. you know, what I'm t- talking about. There is something untethered about that. Mm-hmm. And then once you add the word marriage, it feels like, oh shit. And then it feels like, oh wait, does this mean forever? Does this mean I'm locked in? Does this mean there's no more freedom? Does this mean the cage is closed? Like all of that. So th- there is some of that that naturally comes just from the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I. It's interesting too when you say like, "Does this mean forever?" Because this is a conversation I had with a friend of mine yesterday when she was asking me something similar, and she's like, "Well, do you look at John as a life partner?" And I said, "I do," and I think both of us are very much. We we come from a place of relationships being, am I am I satisfied? Do I feel like I'm evolving and growing? Um, you know, into my highest version of myself. Does this relationship challenge me in kind of all the right kind of ways, even if they're hard? Um, and if the answer to some of those questions starts to become no more often than yes, I think both of us would agree that that's when you lovingly part ways, or actually I shouldn't even say part ways because you and I will never part ways. We, we share a child. It's more like we lovingly allow our relationship to change form. Right. And, and you and I are a huge proponent of that. I mean, we've talked about that, you know, um, I don't believe in celebrating longevity as some form of success, right? Like to me, that doesn't mean success. Um, to me, I would rather celebrate the people who were married for 10 years, realize that they shouldn't be married anymore, um, and lovingly divorce and are now co-parenting in a beautiful, loving, respectful way than the people who stayed married for 30, 40 years, but they hate each other's guts. Yes. Right. Yes. Like many of our parents. Yes. Um, well, even people still. The forever actually has less to do with marriage and love and more to do with um, our definitions and desire to be good parents to love. Yeah. I mean, right? I, we, so, I will forever love and respect. Ooh, those are my glasses. That's, that's a forever, you know, no matter what. Is that what you mean? When you I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you'll forever love me. I guess it depends. I will forever love you. I mean, <laughs> even just from a distance, I guess. I don't think you can, I don't think it's, I don't think anybody can ever promise to forever be in love with somebody because no. we just don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But I can, I, what I can promise you is to forever love you. I will always act from a place of love that, that I can promise 
not just you, but myself. Like that's a level, that's a point of integrity for me. Well, that's because, but here's the thing, here's what's interesting. I mean, yes, that comes without hesitation because of Logan, but if Logan wasn't in the, in the picture, that would not come without it. Not true. I say that, I could say that about any of my exes. I mean, I, there's not a single ex that I have, even ones that have been real shitheads that I don't still hold love and respect for. Even if they hate you and they just betrayed you and they're turning the knife. Yes, because I can choose not to play into that. I can still choose love no matter what. I don't care what that person has done to me. I'm not going to give them my hatred. It's just not who I am as a person, and I refuse to be that person. I will always be in integrity with myself. Now, listen, will I be mad? Will I be pissed off for a while? Of course. Like, I'm going to have hurt feelings. It's not to kind of skip over all that, but I choose to be in integrity and be in love. Um, And so, yes, I have, I am, I love every person I've ever shared partnership with you know you know i feel the same way i have nothing but love for everyone that i've shared a bed with mm-hmm. and and also for the people that i've you know hung out dated for six months sure uh, same. i have nothing but 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 love for them you know and it, and it kind of bothers me that uh, some or most of them <laughs> probably hate me but uh that's none of my business mm-hmm. um so this is where we're at you know um and we are also um, we also don't have answers. We are also uh, both individually and as a couple uh, redefining and learning about love and compromise and, and what is compromise of self and where's the, the middle or all of these things, you know. Um, we're also redefining. Uh, we're also every day thinking about what we need, what we, what we know, uh, what love looks like. And so... You know, I, I, I know you, you gravitate toward water and I feel like our, um, our, our relationship is like the ocean in that, uh, yes, we have been in, and I'm sure we will continue to be in many riptides. Um, but we've also been past the shore break where there's calm looking at a sunset, right? Or else why would we be together? Um, and we've also been playful on the sand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of feel like, you know, love is that, right? It's, it's all of it. It's uh, sometimes you feel, you feel like you're drowning. Other times the high from riding the waves. Um, other times uh, not even in the water, but watching the sunset. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is I, I, I love you and I am in love with you. And I love Prove it. our family and I love what we've built and are building. Um, and I can still answer all those questions I asked earlier. I can still answer yes to those, right? Can I ask you something? Because in love is also another, another thing to tackle. But um, how do you know? Hey, uh, two questions. One, how do you know that you're in love with me? And, and two, um, is your definition of in love different than what it was before? Because for me, my definition of in love is very different than, what, than it was in, in my 20s. I mean, so yeah, the answer to the second question would definitely be yes. My 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 uh, definition is definitely different than it was in my twenties. So, what is your new definition of in love? I mean, I'm assuming it's more of a realistic, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's do I respect this person? Do I value mm-hmm. them? Do mm-hmm. I enjoy them? Do I, um, you know, again, do I look at them as somebody who is in service of me being my best self? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do I look at them as a catalyst for my own personal growth and evolution? 
Um, I think when I was young, my definition of in love was, does it physically pain me to be away from this person because I need to be around them? Mm. I'm obsessed with them mm. and I just can't get enough of them and I, you know, and all the things. Like I'm weak in the knees. I'm obsessed, right? Um, and, yes, and, for sure. I used and, to think chemical. Yeah. I used to think in love meant um, what I now define as in lust. Uh, I can't live without you. Mm-hmm. This person is my everything. Mm-hmm. Um, when, I, when I got married the first time, I cared zero about friends. I just wanted to be with my partner, my wife, every second of the day. And uh, I thought that's what in love meant. Uh, obsession. Um, that gives me anxiety. Just no, I know. She, <laughs> just I, Vanessa, Vanessa just left the room. Um, but, but also, I, I, but she wasn't, I don't think she was an avoid. I don't know what she was. But uh, I swing more toward anxious. And in my 20s, I was, very, I had a, you know, I was holding on to the leg. Um, in love meant... Um, us against the world. There is no one else. Mm. Happily ever after. Forever, no matter what. Like that kind of stuff. Um, and I think a lot of people uh, define that as in love. You know, high school, 20s, uh, even maybe your 30s. Today, in love, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think today in love is more mature. Meaning uh, less about feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, less about feelings. I mean, feelings are there. Well, yeah, yeah of course. But less about the dopamine that's produced by the connection and more about the trust that's produced by the connection. So let me give an example. Um, just, just last night or two nights ago, Vanessa and I got into an argument and, um, um, I, you know, I don't think there was much of a resolution. We got into an argument and it got kind of heated and it also was bedtime. We're about to go to sleep. And, um, you know, I wasn't mad, but I was, you know, whatever. You get into a fight, right? And uh, I noticed that right before when we went to bed, Vanessa started calling her ex-boyfriend. No, I'm just kidding. Vanessa? What's your, what's your name again? Uh, Vanessa started, uh, Vanessa gave me, oh, Vanessa gave me a hug. So, so um, I turned to go to sleep because I sleep on my side and Vanessa held, held me for a little bit. And in that moment, which I really appreciated, I feel like, oh, this is, this is a moment of in love, right? Mm-hmm. We just got into fight. We don't have resolutions. We're both, you know, either hurt or annoyed or whatever. Um, but she's still going to hold me for a few seconds. And that gesture means that I still trust you. I'm still in this. Um, so in love to me is like that. It's like putting weight more on trust. Um, she said respect. Respect's a big thing. Um, and 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 not, I'm not saying no weight, but less weight on um, the dopamine someone makes you feel because you know the sex is amazing, or because the 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 attraction is so hot, or because of you know all those kind of things. Of course, those need to be there because if they're not there, then we're just roommates, right? But less the connective tissue, right? I mean, it has to be there. That's foundational, of course. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're still learning, we're still growing, we're still redefining, and. Uh, we are still very different and trying to honor our differences, which, which is hard, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think for me at this point in my life, it's um, an absolute imperative that the person that I'm choosing to love and the person that I'm choosing to spend my, my life with um, be somebody who 
is as equally committed to evolution and growth, equally committed to excavation, questioning, challenging the shoulds, challenging what they've been kind of taught to believe. Um, I think that's an imperative for me in my relationship, you know, because I don't know that it would work for either one of us if one of us was the person who was very like caught up in the shoulds and like, this is what society says. And so this is what it is. And, you know, if you and I weren't the kind of people, both the kind of people that were constantly questioning things and like wanting to challenge things and wanting to understand things and wanting to grow, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that that would be the container for me, you know? So that mindset is what keeps two people on the roller coaster, right? And you mm -hmm. tell yourself, okay, uh, I'm going to do life with this person. We're going on a ride. And I don't know, we're going to do loops. Mm -hmm. uh, there may be other people in the, in the ride with the, mm -hmm. I don't know. There, we're going to be going sideways and slow and fast. Um, and if uh, when one person stops wanting to grow or stops being curious and then becomes more judgmental um, for a long period of time, that person has left the ride. And mm -hmm. then you're on the ride by yourself, mm -hmm. you know. So, and I've uh, been on that ride by myself. And Sure. And so maybe in love also means that uh, uh, less about the promise, but more about people choosing to be open so that they are on the ride together, no matter how rocky it is. Honesty, um, a willingness to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Before I go, um, a couple more things under the umbrella of housekeeping. Um, Vanessa has a circle. And um, I have a circle. she has a circle and uh, something she's uh, been very excited about. Uh, she also has a podcast called Cheaper Than Therapy. Check that out uh, with her partner, Danae Logan. Danae Logan. Let's talk about your circle real quick. What yeah, is it? Danae and I have um, weekly, um, weekly process groups that we run. Um, Danae runs groups on spirituality and liberated love. Uh, you know, redefining relationships. I run groups on codependency recovery. Um, I have a community for fellow healers. Um, and I'm also, you know, there's book clubs and there's things like that that kind of go on sporadically as well. Yeah. So if you're looking to engage, uh, I also have a circle as well. So you can jump into either of our circles. Uh, we also both run retreats and write books and all that. You've got so. a retreat coming up. Yeah. I have a men's retreat coming up. Um, I don't know when this is going to drop, but um, I have a whole miserable fucks retreat happening every other month or so. So check those out. And I've got one running end of January, 18th to 21st. Yes. And yours is where? Because yours is more fancy. Malibu, California. Oh, shit. Hers is Malibu, mine's Idlewild, which is a good metaphor for kind of us as people. Me, yeah. and, me, and, me in the clouds and you on the sand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Be well. Mm -hmm.